This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast the official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Chromecast, the official flagship the, the one and only podcast from Chrome Unboxed. It's it's super legit. <laughs> Not that other one. Just this one. There's no other podcast. <laughs> this is the one. Uh, my name is Joe Humphrey, and I'm joined today by Gabriel Bringers. What's up? And Robbie Payne. Hey, what's up, everybody? Collectively, we are Chrome Unboxed, and in this podcast, we kind of take a deeper dive into some of the news from the week or some of the things that are going on uh, around our office that we're talking about or, or pondering. So... The first thing, and probably the most uh, exciting news, at least for us as, as gamers, uh, is the announcement of Stadia and Stadia pricing and availability and the Founders Pack. Is that what they're calling it? What yeah. are they calling Founders it? Pro, Founders Pro, Founders Pro, Founders Pro, Stadia Pro, Pro Founders Pack, Founders Bundle. A bundle. I had to close the know. website because it was distracting it was, Joe. It, so, so for those of you that don't know, this is Google's new streaming game service cloud gaming service yes so yeah streaming edition we, we founders talk, edition founders, Ooh, founders edition. edition that sounds way more legit that does that's why we don't work for google we talked about stadia Multiple. have we talked about it on the podcast i don't know that we have we have now okay I real think so. real straightforward i mean just you know just nuts and bolts here exactly what it is if you've ever used um, a gaming service that's a streaming service um, then you've done something similar to what stadia is going to be except you did it without the help of google's servers and you did it without the help of google's uh, amazing compression tools that they've learned through youtube so um we're actually getting ready to shoot a video uh, that you'll see out on the youtube channel and you'll see it uh, on the website in the coming days uh, kind of comparing a little bit about uh, nvidia's geforce go uh, service that does a very similar thing. And they've been doing it for a little bit now, mm -hmm. a, a few years, I think. So they put out their Shield tablet, Shield TV. Same idea. You have highly powered servers running these games. So as far as like being able to turn all the settings way up and do all the crazy stuff, let the server do all that work, stream that game down. So basically you're just streaming down video of that game running on that other computer and then being able to send controller information to that server fast enough and getting that server to respond fast enough that your eyeballs right. can't tell the difference. And that's where the hiccups come in is the latency. Oh, my God. With, with everyone I've ever tried, honestly. I mean, uh, like Vortex is one that you can do in, in Chrome. So Vortex.gg. What's the other one? We were, uh, Parsec. 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 Parsec's pretty darn good. Yeah. Like, they do a really good job. It was tough to get it working on a Chromebook, though. Um, I ran into a ton of problems um, trying to just get because it has to go through Linux yeah and so you're running stuff. it in a container yeah if we talk oh, about just their web based yeah. uh, they have a experimental web based thing it, it it's so laggy it's no good and so I tried all these things and even Google's project stream which is the forefront and forerunner of Stadia you know we tried it I remember J uh, Joe and I Gabe for whatever reason, left New I York. I don't, I don't in want to October. talk. I don't want to talk about. We're this. talking about it. It's We're bringing bring it up. up bad it's been long enough. We can talk about it. Gabe had left New York a day before Joe and I. Joe and I go to leave New York, and 
what the heck was it? Was it like it was a hurricane? That's what yeah, it was. Hurricane it was, hit the east oh, coast. Oh yeah, you all got stranded. Oh my gosh, we were in Laguardia for yeah. fourteen hours. Yeah, I think in the airport for yeah. fourteen hours. It was. We won't. We won't name. We won't. Terrible. We won't name. The, no, no. The airline. As we're talking just, about, there, it's just a garbage airline. We'll just yeah, make up an air. What would you? What would you call an airline, airline like that was that just was. terrible and the customer service was awful? And yeah, I don't know. Let's you know, like, throw it out there. I don't know. Throw a name out there. Come up something. Delta. Delta. Let's go Delta. Delta's great. You know, we'll stick with those kind of things um thanks john mulaney um if you've ever heard john mulaney's bit on delta airlines we lived it nailed it we, we lived that we, we it was actually that. we we actually relived this skit yeah it was to, 100%, to a t yeah 100 but anywho we were in anyway, there we're stuck in the but i remember project stream came mm-hmm. out when we were there and their internet was terrible so it wasn't a fair trial but i remember trying it and playing um what was the Assassin's game Creed, Creed odyssey. odyssey yeah um, and they weren't really saying what they were going to do with this. They were just like, hey, we're doing this thing. If you want to try it out. And we tried it and played it on the Chromebook. And there was a little bit of lag. Enough that it was like, uh, I feel like with a first-person shooter, this wouldn't be any good. Um, and even when I got it home and got on better Wi-Fi, it, it still was like, uh, this is okay. Like, this is this is pretty good. Uh, the graphics looked good, but the control just wasn't quite there. And so, once again, it was just another streaming service that I was like... I, not I just great. am not sold on the idea that streaming video games is ever going to be good enough to actually use. So when Stadia was announced, I honestly, I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, man, skeptical. I feel like Google might be able to do it. But at this at that point, when that got announced uh, a couple months ago or whenever that was, I just was still like, I wasn't sold. I wasn't sold on the idea that it could be something, that it could turn into something. And then I got my hands on um, the Shield TV, so Android, the NVIDIA Android TV box, the Shield TV. And I had bought it once before when it first came out. I purchased it and tried GeForce Now, and it was too laggy. It was the same thing. I tried playing Fortnite on it, actually, I remember specifically. And, you know, you, you push to the left with the controller, and there's quarter second delay but that's enough when you're getting shot at you know you don't have time to be like oh i can't figure out whether it's moving yeah. with me or not it has to be you know pretty precise and it just wasn't good enough i took it back it's like look this i bought this thing for geforce now which is their streaming thing and i just it just wasn't working so fast forward to a few weeks ago I'm trying to remember why I went and bought the thing. Oh, it I, was it was. Oh all, my gosh, it was, it was, it was, it was another rabbit another rabbit hole. hole. Yeah. It's a total rabbit hole. That, I wanted that, to play that, PUBG. That's right. Yep. With PUBG Mobile specifically, I want to play PUBG Mobile with a mouse and a keyboard. <laughs> and so I'd come across the uh, the help page from Nvidia that they had keyboard shortcuts for PUBG Mobile for the Shield TV. And I'm like, oh cool, so I can just go to the Play Store, get it hook my mouse and keyboard in and play with cool no big deal i get it that's not the case i had to sideload it it's not optimized at all for shield tv yet because it runs nvidia's custom processor so the game doesn't run well but it does have the keyboard shortcuts which is kind of cool so it tells me that they're at least starting to think about doing that <laughs> let's all get together right <laughs> yeah it's still not a thing on chromebooks yet but it run it runs very similar to the way it runs on chromebooks you can tell it just doesn't feel like the gpu is engaged it feels like the processor is doing all the lifting and it's just it's not great. And so I decided I was going to hold on to the to the box and gave GeForce Go another try. I was at home. I was just on regular Wi-Fi. Um, and was like, let's just see where this is at. Plugged the mouse and keyboard into the thing. And I loaded up that Apex Legends in there. And it was, you know, it's free to play because it's a free to play game. And I loaded up and I start going through the tutorial and course i look over at my wife and i'm like are you seeing this and i'm She's moving like, yeah you're playing a video game yeah she looked at me just with the disdain of just like what i'm like look <laughs> i'm moving the mouse look every little movement is registering as if this thing is running on my device right now and i was blown away and so i went through the tutorial and played some played some rounds realized how terrible i've gotten at mouse and keyboard first person shooters um, I used to be really good at them back when I was younger and then didn't do that and did the whole controller thing for a long time. So I'm, I'm really, I think mouse and keyboard's better. You just have to get my, my reflexes back down again. Mm-hmm. But I put Fortnite on there. I did Apex Legends, uh, PUBG um, from Steam, all of them perfect. And I don't have amazing internet. We brought it over to the office where we have gig up, gig down, and it was perfect. I mean, you can play these games and there's no lag and there's no right. latency. And all that got me thinking was if NVIDIA and their limited resources can do this, if they can pull this off and it's this good and it's good, 
then Google Stadia is going to absolutely crush this. I mean, it's going to be awesome. I, I have zero doubt in my mind whatsoever at this point. Now I am sold to the point that we'll we'll talk about the everything they announced today. We just spent but, some money. <laughs> yeah, Gabe and I have already plunked down the money on this Founders Edition thing because I'm man, I'm ready. I'm I'm bought in. I'm I'm ready to return to gaming because I've I've not done it. I have kids. I've got a busy life. And the idea of sitting in front of my TV or going, you know, setting up something in a basement for hours on end just isn't mm-hmm. realistic. But being able to pop my Chromebook open and play 30 minutes of something right. whenever I get an itch to play something, that's something I can do. It's why we play PUBG Mobile all the time. Right. So. Yeah, and that's you know that's that's what I was going to say. You know, this is this is how we play PUBG. It'll be hey, let's we, we we just ate lunch. Let's let's play a quick round. It's not you're you're not going to your man cave and sitting down behind your gaming console and sitting and playing for right. hours. And again, we don't. I don't it's not gaming trying on the go. Dis- yeah, I'm thing. not trying to disparage anybody that's super into gaming. Oh, or absolutely. People that do it professionally. Kill it. Like, yeah, absolutely. It's great. Like, I. I I wish honestly that I could spend more time doing it. Sure. I wish I could get better at it. Um, and it, cause I enjoy it when I'm playing video games. I, I love it. I played yeah. video games growing up. I love them. Um, it's just this period of my life right now on the go gaming is kind of all I've got. And it, it's never been a thing on Chromebooks and it's been hit or miss with Android apps, but this is going to fill that gap. Right. You know, like to be able to pop my Chromebook open and play some of these games that in my opinion, just play better with a mouse and keyboard. I'm going to be able to do that now and on yeah. any Chromebook. Yeah, and, and all that to say, you know, we, we went in, we watched the event, and going into it, you know, there were some rumors going around, and they there was official, they picked up what, uh, GTA, Grand Theft Auto, I think, and then Destiny, but there there still wasn't a whole lot going on for on the game side, so we weren't sure what they were going to announce today, but man, they, yeah, they loaded up some swing. trailers that were incredible. If you haven't watched it, check out the site. We've got a we've got an article up with the we'll embed the the live stream in there so you can watch it back. But they've got some killer uh, new new Tom Clancy Ghost yeah, Recon. Well, Ghost Recon. I can't remember the the subtitle. Yeah, I don't remember, I don't remember but now, I mean, just looks some, amazing. Really, they've got some big hitters on board with this, and for these guys, uh, Bungie, ID, or Ed, oh yeah, so to put their name on this stuff. Yeah. It's got to be I mean, legit. And well, they're launching like the Destiny thing that they're putting together. I mean, that was the headliner. So Destiny two, yeah, like every with everything, all pack. the packages, the original everything. Yeah, the original so. game, all of it is all coming with this yeah. this uh, Founders Edition thing that you can buy. That's just a different pack yeah. or whatever. But that aside, like the fact that Bungie is like this in, like yeah. they're. There's, and they opened up with, hey, this has been in the work for years. So even though all of this just kind of came on the scene last year, there's been a lot of work put into oh, this. Yeah. And this you've has got, been I mean, in plans for a while. You've got Doom. You've got, I mean, Mortal Kombat, Final Fantasy, all the big names that you'd see on the commercial side of video games, they're there. And that's so, just that's just at launch. Like, yeah. This isn't like, oh, well, this is it. This is it. Because like, that's one the one problem kind of-ish with um, the GeForce Now thing. Like. I've got all kinds of games in Steam that they don't. I guess they don't work with. I don't know how that how that links up. But yeah. there's only certain games that GeForce Now is compatible with, and so there's all these games that I've purchased and own in Steam that I it won't let me play, even though it runs Steam. It'll connect to a Steam server, so I, you know stuff like that. Like realizing that there are going to be certain games that aren't around. Like we've heard no mention of PUBG. We've heard no mention of Fortnite. I mean, that would be a obviously that's one of those ads that. Probably needs to Fortnite especially needs to show up just because it's people play Fortnite like crazy. So I mean those time you know Apex Legends those things, but it doesn't mean they're not coming. It doesn't mean that they won't show up two weeks after launch. Like right now they're just saying, hey, these are already in development uh, because you got to think about it. Even though it's streaming, it's not as if you're streaming the Xbox version. You're going to stream a version that is tailored and made for these particular servers and this service, and so. While they may not have to change it too much to right. get it on Stadia servers, to tweak it to make sure that everything's right for Stadia, it's got to be treated like another console in that way. Like right? They're not be just going to go install Stadia. the Microsoft version of this yeah. They're not plugging an HDMI yeah. into you know an Xbox One and streaming so it. So this, your, is, this like, is this is really a, this is really a new service. This is almost like a, a new platform. It's like a new yeah. Platform's a better word. Right. It's a better word than console because console conjures up this idea that I have a thing. I got a box. I'm gonna go buy yeah. a box and put it and hook it to my TV. That's gone. Yeah. That part's gone. But don't mistake the fact that the game's still running on a box. It's just somewhere else. Right. Server, server yeah. farms around the world. And that's another thing. This goes hand in hand with Google announced a few months back. They're opening 
I don't even remember how many new server locations around the world. Uh, we, there's a new one going in one state over from us. So the latency issue, Google's already, they've addressed that. That's, that's, that was the big hiccup. Getting the games to run fluidly on these servers is probably less of a big deal than it was Google saying, hey, we're going to commit the time, the resources, the money to make sure this works no matter where you are as long as you've yep. got a connection because they're saying 25. 35 is what they recommend, but it'll run 1080 on a 10. Uh, 10 meg connection yeah so 10 down one up the optimum yeah. is like 25 right and that's the other want. thing you've got to think about is that google also has what 15 years experience with youtube how old is youtube something like that mm. let's say 15 yeah call it 15 even if it's only 10 you got over a decade of experience in video codecs and uh, optimizing those videos and optimizing those streaming capabilities to whatever device it knowing and 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 changing the way that it, it delivers the content to you based on the connection, the device, the speed, all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? They get to take all of that stuff and use it for Stadia. And nobody else has the know-how that they do with that kind of stuff, with streaming codecs and dealing with data transmission in that way. I mean, it's a very unique thing that they do with YouTube. And YouTube's amazing that way. You know, It can just scale across all these platforms and sizes and internet speeds and yada, yada, yada. Well, it's the same thing. you got to think that that server is running the game technically really all you're doing is interacting with a video of that game running that's really what's happening it's it's taking the video of what's happening on that server and delivering it to your screen and hopefully reacting quick enough to the controllers right whenever you push a button that's that oversimplifying what they're doing yeah. here but in general that's what they're doing and so but the controllers are connecting yeah, yeah the so yeah there's so that that's another brilliant move that they're doing that no one else is doing the controller will be you'll be able to use it probably an app i would assume or some sort of web interface or i don't know i'm not sure how this is going to happen but the controllers will connect directly to the same server your game's running off of via your wi-fi connection so instead of the controller talking to some sort of console or box or computer and the computer talking to the server in the cloud and the server in the cloud coming back to your computer and that coming back to your controller, you're eliminating a whole step there because your whether it's your Chromecast or your Chromebook or whatever, talking to the server, your controller's talking to the same server at the same time. So right. it removes some of that latency that's already built right. in there. So yeah, and, they, and this, will, this will work with multiple controllers. They, they're, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. support for all types, types of different things, but you know they did announce their own controller and that's that's where the the founders edition comes into play. So, so yeah, so let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about what what pricing they did yeah, put out the there levels in general. and and what the founders comes in. So the base is yeah. Is, so it's nine ninety nine a month. Uh, I think uh, somebody had put and that's, out and that's just getting you the service. That's getting yeah. you the service. No, no games or some games. I think it's some games that uh, they will have a limited number of free games that you can play at ten eighty. They did announce, which for most people, casual gamers, that's fine. I, yeah, I, I mean, don't need. For, 4k games no. but you have a limited for the 999 you'll have a certain number of games for free and you'll be able to purchase well, other titles falls into like the the games like Fortnite and apex legends some of those, those ones that end up hitting there yeah because those are always free anyway they're free to play the the battle royale stuff that everybody plays right that stuff's always free right. so that would make sense for those games to kind of show up there. it's in the base level yeah. thing it's just you don't have to right so that's that's the base is right. what so, they're calling that so that's that uh that I'm not sure if they mentioned it or not. Did you all hear it? They said that there will be a, a free, you, you can have the service for free. You'll just have to pay per title. I, I'm not sure if they actually announced that or not. Might have just been yeah. a rumor going around. I might have made that up. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I thought that's what the base kind of thing yeah. was. And je- there's no extra games with it, from yeah. what I understand. So anyways, $9.99, you get the subscription monthly. You get certain titles, whatever. But the Founders Edition is a is a pre-order thing they've got up, and Robbie and I went ahead and pulled the trigger. Uh, they've they've got yeah exactly. They have three controllers that they're selling individually. They have the what just white, just white, or yeah, just white, plain white, same whatever names they use yeah. on pixels. Yeah, it's like the phone. Just black. And uh, then, and just, just black. black. Then wasabi, yeah. which looks more like mint, but it it's called wasabi, green. which is Fun dope. Name. Uh, but the Founders Edition comes with a limited edition Midnight Blue. So think Pixel Slate. Oh yeah, it looks yeah, straight, straight up straight like the up. slate. Uh, that's kind. Of, they've gone to that color now, I guess. You get that. You get a Chromecast Ultra for 4K yep. streaming. Yep. You get three months of subscription uh, mm-hmm. for yourself. You get first dibs on picking a username, which is pretty cool. And you also get a buddy pass for three months to share with whoever you want, which is also really cool. Yeah. 
Uh, it's very smart for them to do that too because the people who are going to go the people like us that went ahead and bought it right now are super excited about it we're going to go share it with somebody like one of us is going to probably share it with joe unless joe goes and pulls the trigger but like i'm, not, imagine, a big, I'm, I'm not a big gamer but but we're going to harass him until he does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm imagining if, if joe decides between now and then to go yeah i'm going to go ahead and do the founders thing and he gets in I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking, uh, who am I going to spend, you know, who would I give my pass to? And I don't have a lot of friends that are hardcore gamers. So yeah. it'd probably be somebody who was like, oh, this is interesting. I'd never even thought about it. And right. I would just give that to them so that like, they could try, try it. Out. Maybe yeah. we'll do a giveaway. We'll give away yeah. a buddy pass. That would be awesome. Uh, but it, it comes with some other perks too. So that by itself, the just the subscription alone, yours and the buddy pass, that's what, 30 That's $60. The control. Well, it's pro. It's the pro level right, so subscription pro level. too. Which what was the price on the I pro? I don't recall on that. But but you've got twelve ninety nine or something, eleven ninety nine something. And like you've that. got the controller that's sixty nine dollars if you yeah, just buy one seventy dollar controller. Uh, yeah. So, but you're getting the Chromecast Ultra, which that's another sixty seventy bucks. But you also get future discounts too. So you get discounts on select titles. There'll be more perks for having the founders, the pre-order founders edition. We're not telling you to go buy it. We just did because we're impulsive and we like having things. But we still have to wait until November. So right. So November is launch. Yes. They didn't give us a hard no date, hard but they just date. Said just November. Which they had, al- they, they had always said uh, later this year. So, uh, you know, November's later this year. I think that counts. So, um, so okay. yeah, I mean, this is... I did, I did see something, just to okay. clarify this. So, Stadia Pro is the basic service. That $10, the nine ninety nine a month is Stadia Pro. So oh, okay. Stadia Pro, I know, I did hear them say... And again, we're coming off oh, and then the literally base is, just the base watching is this. free, isn't it? Yeah, That's the base part is oh, free. Okay. Uh, and I think you'll have to pay per game. And there's probably nothing on there. I don't, who knows how that part is going to work, but apparently the Pro is the $10 a month, uh, 4K resolution, 60 frames per second. Uh, it won't come with all the games. This is, it's going to be some games. So there's going to be certain games that get rolled into this thing, probably whoever they're working with. Um, so the whole Destiny thing, like all of that package comes with the Pro uh, Pro. Uh, subscription so and, and i get it like certain people some gamers will be like hey i could go buy that game for 60 bucks and so after six months if you're if you're getting on here to play one game you know after you know i might have played some bought some downloaded content and so now at a hundred dollars in you know that's all i would have spent on this game and so a year in i'm spending more money on stadia i just don't think you can look at it like that like it's not going to be just one game uh with the pro there's going to be multiple games that you're going to have access to and then if I would say some of them won't go with that subscription model. Uh, and so you'll, you'll have to say, Hey, I want to buy that game. And so say PUBG isn't one of those. And I'm like, I want to, I want to own PUBG or I already own PUBG. Here's my license or whatever. I'm sure they're going to make a way to do that kind of thing. Once those games work with Stadia, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, this is all, this is all still so neat. We literally just watched. Yeah the the, Super the fresh. keynote and, and we're all and, excited and, yeah. and we're just and we're coming right into this so and their uh, website's so dope you got to check it out oh yeah, yeah so that's on cool. that's just on the google store correct it, it's, it's in the google store but you can just go to stadia.com it forwards you to it, it's a link on the google store you can't find it looking around the google store but just go to stadia.com and check it out it's got some really cool animations going on there yeah it's a beautiful uh, and, and another note with the with the stadia pro if you purchase titles while you're subscribed if you decide to cancel the service, you don't lose those titles. Anything you bought, you keep. You can still play them for free. So, so you that, can that's still re- use the base. Yeah, that's and, really and cool on, on okay. Google's part. You're not paying to keep the games. Once you've bought them, they're yours. So. Yeah, it's so funny though because you know you 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 said uh, I haven't got the founders yet because I'm I'm not a big gamer. You know I I've gotten in playing PUBG with you guys and I, I enjoy that. I grew up playing racing games like ATVR for Fury and skateboarding games like Tony Hawk and stuff like that and. I would get into those games, and, and, and as I've gotten older, I just kind of got out of it. I didn't have a console, and so I am kind of that guy that's like, well, you know, this is this is intriguing. Like, maybe I could use this to just play on my phone whenever I have a, a free second. By the way, only Pixel for right now. Yeah, that was, that they was said an interesting more, turn. They said more smartphones later. Yeah, and I, who knows how that's even going to work. 3 and 3A. Like, uh, yeah. A game that has that needs controller support, I guess, I mean, if you have your controller, you just prop your phone up, and right. you're going to connect your controller to... So, like, if you're playing out and about on LTE, how does your controller connect to the server? Uh-huh. Will it, yeah. will, can it use your phone's connection? Like, so those, so the, those are s- small, yeah. you know, details, granular details right. that until it rolls out, I'm, I don't know. I'm intrigued. Yeah. Yeah, I, for I'm, sure. I'm intrigued. I, you know, I think, yeah, I think there's a lot of people like me that might not 
have a console might not be super into gaming. Maybe they, maybe they played games before. They play games here and there on their phones. And now you've got this service that I personally think is going to change gaming. I, I think this I, is I think this is going to has the potential to change the way people play video games. Like I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm past even saying it has potential to change gaming. I think it is going to change gaming. Like I'm I'm ready to go ahead and put my my uh, bet right. out there. You, you that heard that's, it. You heard it first. That Check it, back six months from now yeah. when we get our stuff. <laughs> that I think you know, if, a few years down the road, I think we'll look back at this point because, from what we know, you know, like Microsoft's prepping something like Cloud, this, and someone else's. Yeah. So I think PlayStation might be doing it too, yeah. where they're they're working on cloud gaming. Yeah, I mean, services. even Steam Actually, does it to a degree. With some yeah. some version of this, don't they? Yeah, Steam Play is that's for your local PC. So you you could tap into, you know, you'd have your gaming PC at home and then game on the go with Steam Play. No, Steam Play is it. Whatever. Yeah. There's a ton of people. Everybody's There's doing it. People are starting to get into this. And and I think Google's going to set the precedent. Like, it, they're, they're not necessarily the first one to the game here. And, and I think they're, for the first time, maybe it feels like waiting and they're getting in at the right time when they've got all their ducks in a row. And they're they're showing up with all the stuff that, a lot of people wish they had the infrastructure they wish they could have done and they're going to kind of just like set the course for all this stuff and i think you know it's not going to just be stadia but i mean who knows like the gaming industry went through this huge flux where there are all these consoles and different stuff and eventually out of that emerged xbox and playstation like then they just kind of fight back and forth there's pc obviously the massive market there but as far as like i'm going to buy this thing and hook it to my tv console type thing like you know there's dreamcast and and Nintendo's kind of overdoing their weird thing all the time, and they kind of fall in and out of relevance. But in the end, it was PlayStation and Xbox, and that those are the two big players. And it feels like the same thing probably is going to happen. So if Stadia makes it, Stadia becomes a thing that's going to be Stadia and I, I, something I have else. to pause for a moment. Joe, do you know what a Dreamcast is? Yes. Okay, yes. okay. All right, you just... I we was, didn't have a Dreamcast, but I, one I, of my dude, buddies I loved, had one. loved my Dreamcast. <laughs> And I love my GameCube, and I love yeah. my Nintendo 64, and you know, yeah. and I love my Atari, my and I love my Commodore, and you know, there's just there are all these things that have come and gone. Like I said, I, I think eventually, most times, it comes down to just a few that that weather the storm of all the changes and and continue keeping those player bases. And so we're in a new phase of gaming, you know, and this this online connected. You know, because that's this is not to say anything of YouTube and how Stadia will connect directly to YouTube. I mean, that's nuts too. Like the ability to immediately capture games and it and stream live and yep. and share with your user bases like these and these let gamers your friends that, play with you or yeah, your followers play saved with you. game states where you could save it and then you can just share a link to somebody else and they can jump into that game immediately. There's no downloads needed because the game's already there. It's it's installed and ready to play. And you can jump in and experience the same thing I just experienced and shared with you on YouTube. Like those things, like seem like side parts or little perks. It's huge. But oh my gosh, it's massive. And even though I don't watch a ton of games, I don't sit and watch games on YouTube that, that much. That segment of YouTube is that it, I'm I'm the outlier bonkers. here. Like there's a massive bunch of people that do this on a regular basis, and now. You know, there's Twitch, obviously, that, yep. you know, tons of people watch stuff on Twitch. Well, guess what Twitch won't have? They won't have Stadia, and they're not going to have this ability to quickly share and not need any hardware. Like, I don't have all the stuff I would need to go, and, like, if I decided, oh, I feel like I'm pretty good at this game, or I feel like I can talk people through, or I'm entertaining to watch playing XYZ game. Now I got to go buy a PC, and I've got to get everything set up to where it's it's capturing my screen, maybe capturing my face, and Audio, putting you know like it, yeah. it's a whole thing. Stadia takes care of all that. Like it's just going to do that anyway because guess what? The game's already streaming to your service at 4K. There's nothing else needed on your side to just take that stream and send it over to YouTube as right. well. Like right. because it's already there. It's yeah, already, it's already there. <laughs> like it's it's crazy, and I mean it's going to be a monumental shift in gaming, mm-hmm. especially for I think for casual gamers. I think it's going to take, instead of you having people that are gamers and then just people that either aren't or don't have time to be, it's going to bridge that gap and bring a ton more people. I mean, the three of us sitting around this table right now, I would say, are all three people who genuinely enjoy video games like we do. And for whatever reason, at this point in life, it's not easy to, to do it. And this seems like, hey, this this might make it a lot easier to play a game here for 30 minutes or 20 minutes over here, And which who knows what that leads to as far as like, the, the shift in gaming culture in general. So it, it's, it is saying it's exciting is just not enough. Yeah. Like that's not yeah. a good enough word for this. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Mm. 
yeah, this is uh, this is this is big news. This is cool. So uh, make sure to stay tuned on Chrome Unbox. We'll be covering all of this, and like Gabe said, we'll we'll have that keynote uh, embedded on the site. So go check that out on Chrome Unbox. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend the service, and we use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device. Whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device, NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They also have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash Nord, N-O-R-D. So let's move right on to iPad. So uh, there were some rumors that the iPad was going to be getting some mouse support, and then they announced it, and it wasn't quite that. Well, interestingly, they didn't even announce mouse support. It wasn't oh, that's mentioned true. at all on stage, which is a sharp contrast, because backing up, mouse support is actually an accessibility feature. So Apple's including it into iOS, or I'm sorry, iPad OS. Yeah, yeah get that? it right. Yeah, what geez. is that? Now we got 60 OSs. Uh, so iPad OS... Well, I don't know. It won't be 13, will it? So there's iOS 13, but will it's it be just iPad OS. Just, it'll just be iPad OS number one. Not, not confusing. <laughs> not confusing. Anyway, whatever number it's going to be, what the, the one that comes out later in the fall. Uh, and from what I understand, maybe in developer preview now, because people are there's videos yeah, popping people, up all people, over. Right, people with are starting to test Showing it. like, hey, the mouse works. Well, that's a little bit of a stretch to say it works. So when we say the mouse works, it's a large round uh, dot on the screen. I think there's a small dot in the middle, so you can kind of be precise where you point. But in general, if you've ever seen a screen recording of yeah, a like phone a or something, yeah. yeah, where that little dot pops up and you see where the the finger placement is is located, same thing. So the idea here being uh, not so much that Apple's finally going, oh, you know what, we're going to make iOS a desktop thing. Um, hook your keyboard up to it and forget Mac. Like that's that's never been Apple's thing, and it still isn't Apple's thing at yeah, all. Yeah, because then who's going to buy a thirty five thousand dollar Mac Pro <laughs> cheese right? grater? It's a cheese yeah. grater. It's, yeah, it's a big cheese grater. Yeah, I mean, people keep talking about how maybe Mac OS one day will run on ARM chips. I could see that being yeah. a thing because they yeah. make their own silicone and they 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 make the best. I mean, ARM chips from Apple are the fastest and best ones you can get. But I don't think that leap is going to happen from iPad, <clears throat> excuse me, to iPad from iPad to Mac OS. And so, what what that ends up meaning then is Apple has added mouse support to iOS as an accessibility feature, probably only. I mean, if I were going to bet on it right now, it would just be this is how it's going to stay. Like a lot of articles have been out there already. Like, oh, this is just the start, and they're going right. to they're developing from here. Apple doesn't do stuff like that. That's Google. Google does stuff like that. Like, hey, put this out there, and then uh, we'll see what happens, and we'll we'll fix it with people using it. That's not Apple's mo. Apple puts stuff out after they've thought about it, and and, and put it into the the operating system. And the way it acts right now really is just kind of an extension. It's a way for some sort of device, a pointing device, to become your virtual finger or multiple finger touch points on a screen. That's right. literally all it is. And you can tell that's the way it behaves. So I don't scroll wheel support, all that kind of stuff isn't there. So you can't use a scroll wheel on it to scroll. You literally would left click and pull and drag yeah. just right. as if you were touching the screen. And the idea being as an accessibility feature, it's for people with physical handicaps that can't reach up and touch the screen or something, you know, what, whatever that may look like. So here you can put a device in their hand that they can hold and they can still, ex, you know, access the the os in general and so um i don't want to say that was a letdown it's just a weird contrast because google spent so much of google io talking about accessibility features like it i thought maybe that meant that hey this is becoming a thing that uh in general at, at keynotes we're going to start seeing like we're, we're going to start seeing com big companies pay attention to accessibility stuff and uh and I'm, again i don't want to like knock apple for not doing that but you know this is a, a a big feature a lot of people were looking for right. you're going to do it as an accessibility feature which is fine i think that's awesome that that they're thinking about that why not why not mention it that, that would just sure. seem like a weird it, it was all just very weird and so the fact that it's that's the way it is it looks like the way it's probably going to stay i would think so 
Yeah, we have mouse support on iPad. Not, not quite. Kind so, of, so you're telling me it's not really. it's not going to uproot uh, Chrome OS. This isn't going to. People were saying no. This thing's going to get. This is going. iPads are going to get mouse support, and then it, you know there's going to be no need for Chromebooks no. anymore. And, and again, this isn't like I don't ever want to come across as like, well, we just bash Apple stuff because you know we're we're in a different camp. Like, yeah, I, not at all. I think this I, is I, absolutely I what apple intended to do sure. with this and media picked it up or saw it and thought different things with it and there's just this fascination we've talked about this before a fascination of like i want to take a tablet and make it my thing and and i just apple's trying to help with some of that like i think they want to see the ipad as a, a different form of computing like hey if if you fall into a category where this could be your only computer great you know let's let's do some stuff that might help you out in that but I definitely, definitely do not think that they're looking at it going, huh, yeah, let's let's keep adding features to this, and eventually people have a reason to stop no, buying a Mac. It, it has that way, is yeah, not the way It has Apple way rolls. more reach as an accessibility feature or, you know, even a presentation in a pinch. You're, you're needing right. to present, and you want to slap a mouse on there for a presentation. You're mirroring your iPad or whatever, but as a, as a go-to device, no. I mean, Robbie's proven that won't happen. Yeah, and and, then Apple wants you to, like, in their mind, you have a keyboard attached to an iPad, and you reach up and you touch the screen. That's how you navigate the OS. I mean, they spent a ton of time talking about some new gestures and, you know, three-finger, like, copy-paste and all this kind of new stuff that they're doing that are all gesture-based with your hands touching the screen. They're still investing their time into making the OS navigable with your hands on the screen. So... This whole idea of like, oh, they're adding mouse support because eventually it's going to have all this whole desktop thing to it. That's just not that's not where they're going. And realistically, you and I talked about this yesterday or the day before. You know, I just don't see a scenario. I mean, Gabe made the comment of, well, then people won't buy their you know new Mac Pro. I don't think a lot of people are going to buy the Mac Pro. To be no, perfectly honest, no. But the point is, though, uh, r- r- but MacBooks, MacBooks, yeah, MacBooks are going to sell. People, mm. people still they still want people to buy their MacBooks. Um, and so I just don't see a reason for for Apple to to really put that much fire behind making the iPad some no you know no, and, hybrid. And again, they're they're dropping mouse you know a semblance of mouse support here. This isn't Google. This is Apple. If they were going to do it, and they're like, "Hey, we want this to be just like it is on Mac it OS," would, it would have been it would have been center stage. Yeah, yeah. And they would have talked about deal. it, and it would have just been like they, they'd be like, "Yeah, flip the switch, turn it on because it's ready." And I'm not saying Apple never ships things with bugs, but I mean, general, honestly, though. comparing Apple to Google, like they, they go about it very differently in that respect. And so I, I think the same, the same thing's true of the, the whole desktop browser thing. Right. I was going to, I was, I was going to transition there. So yeah, let's talk about that real quick. So people, well, I, I guess that did make the keynote, correct? They did yeah, say, they, they made a pretty hey, big deal about it. D- desktop class. Yeah. And what was funny is one of the main apps that they used when they talked about that was Google docs. So they're like, Hey, check it out. Look, <laughs> Google docs will work now. Cause Google docs on an iPad right now pulls up the, um, you know, mobile version of Google docs. And it just, it's not a good experience at all. So, in general, what they're doing with with this whole thing is basically taking Safari, making it where it requests the desktop site right. first, which you can do in Chrome by you know on your phone right now. You click request desktop site, and so it's getting that version of the HTML first and not trying to render it. And then they're going to do a couple little tricks with making touch targets a little bit bigger. Again, they're they're going back to hey, this is a desk. You know, I'm putting this in air quotes. You can't see it, but it's a desktop yeah, class. We see it. Yes. <laughs> it's a desktop class browser, um, but they're still going to render some stuff on the page with larger touch targets for your finger. Again, if they right. were doing mouse support, like true mouse support, why would they be doing this? So just keep that that kind of stuff in mind as we talk about this. But so you're you're really getting Safari. It's still the same rendering engine. So we're not talking desktop rendering engines. And for those of you that aren't even familiar, any browser on iOS is being rendered with Safari's rendering engine. Right. It's Safari's mobile rendering engine for iOS because that's how Apple rolls. Like you can put Chrome on there, but really under the hood, it's it's Safari. Uh, for whatever reason, it's just the way they do things. So it's still that same engine. It's still that same render. It's just rendering the desktop version before rendering the tablet version first. And I'm sure they're going to add a couple tricks here and there to 
make it feel a little more desktop friendly. But to call it a desktop browser or even a desktop class browser feels a little bit of a misnomer at this point. Uh, you know, it's it's just a gussied up mobile browser because underneath, I'm not going to be able to go and you know get dev tools and right. I can't do my job as a web developer with this. So don't bill it as desktop class unless it's going to be able to right do because all of there's those certain things. sites on, on my phone I'll I'll switch to desktop so certain elements won't work unless it's in desktop Correct. mode right. or the layout or whatever but you're not you're not working on it you're not it's not a productivity thing so no and so and it makes to me it makes sense like i think especially with the largest ipad pro it should be rendering a desktop version of a site in general because it's that's a 13 inch screen like that's as big as the pixel book and pixel slate you know so why not have that larger view that what you would normally see on a desktop? Cause that's really what you're running into. So I get that and, you know, make it work with stuff like Google docs or like Microsoft office in the cloud, you know, th- those little things, right, right. if those things work a little bit better then Hey, great. That, that means maybe that was the productivity gap that kept me from getting all my stuff done on iPad. Okay. You know, sure. Great. Go for that. But again, going back to what you said, like, is, does this mean, Oh, we have mouse support and a desktop class browser, Chrome OS better be shaking in its boots. Like it's not even close to the same thing. Like the productivity levels when we're talking about desktop operating systems, like that, that's I'm I'm not concerned. Not not even one little bit. It's cool that they have those features, and it's cool they're doing that. That's great. I would love to see Chrome OS be doing some of the same stuff. Right. Going, yeah, hey, let's figure out uh, iOS or now iPad OS features that they have that make their tablets so great to use tablets. Let's, right. let's move in that direction. You know, let's take some of those things. I, I think that's healthy. And I think that's what Chrome OS needs to be doing. But, um, as far as I, iPad, I'm, it's going to take me forever to learn iPad this. iPad OS. iPad OS supplanting OS. Chrome at Chrome OS in some way, shape or form. Yeah. No, no, I'm yeah. not worried about that at all. Yeah. I mean, it's great that they're doing it. Like you said, I, I would love to see some of the, I mean, obviously iPad is so far beyond, uh, in, in the tablet world. Apple has just killed it, right? I mean, that, 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 if, if you're talking about a, a, the perfect tablet, they're, 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 they're heading that direction. So, right. I mean, they've got it. And they've right. been iterating and fixing and, and honing and right. for years so, while everybody else was just trying to figure out what even to do right. to start. Google's, it, Google's getting there. They're trying. They're trying. Yeah. yeah. They, <laughs> and and, and to, to be fair, you know, we've, we've just had Chrome OS as a, a, a tablet OS since Chrome OS 70. Yeah. 70 is what brought it in. So in October of last year, we just started seeing stuff roll we, in. We, we made the video, the, right. the tablet features in, yeah. in and Chrome OS 70. There's still a lot of kinks left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's there really so are. much to work out. And, and iPad's been around since, I remember I got an iPad when my daughter was born, I believe. 2010, is that right? Or is it even before that? I think it was a little bit before I mean, that. I, I got know. a second or third gen. Maybe 09 was when it was the probably, iPad yeah, rolled out. 2011 or 2012. So, I mean, so. You, know, you know, Apple's coming up on a decade yep. of, of this. Google's not even in the first year yeah. of exactly. it. So, you know, to think that they're going to have this nailed is foolish um, within a year. But hopefully, that as they keep iterating and keep, again, as iOS is, or iPad OS is trying to move towards more desktop stuff, well, okay, cool. You've got kind of got the desktop thing figured out here, Google. Like, Chrome OS on the desktop is fantastic to use. Most people that use it don't want to leave it. They don't want to go back to something else because it's just great. And so now iterate towards the tablet. And I, I think we'll have something pretty cool here. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So let's uh, let's switch gears here, guys. Let's talk about some of the updates and features and new things coming to Chrome OS. The first of which is a new channel. And Gabe, you just you just put out an article talking about this. So there were four, and now there are five. Yeah. So for those of you that aren't familiar, when you get a new Chromebook, it's running in what's called the stable channel. That's the official release that comes from, from uh, Google, from the Chrome OS developers. Uh, but there are other channels... I was going to say, fun fact, we, we got to like explain all of this to a person in the office today. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So she came over and we, we were talking about this. And, what are you talking she's about? Like, What's a she's channel? A, she's a Chromebook user. She uses yeah. a Pixelbook yeah, every day. She uses a Pixelbook. That's uh, right. And so it was cool to be able to actually have this conversation. Yeah. I just thought so, that was cool. So, we've so, actually, so, we've used hers to test some stuff before, actually. <laughs> but, yeah. but yeah, so you have the stable channel and that's what, that's what your consumer device is running. Well, that's what your device is running when you get them. And, and 
that's where you'll always be when you get an update it's an update to the stable channel well down down the rabbit hole there's beta channel which is where things are tested right before they go public right before they're made official and then a little deeper is developer where things get a little little hinkier and then there's the what they call the bleeding edge canary channel which is where features and updates and things first get planted when they're when they're brought to the repository and that's where gabe's that's where i live that's yeah. where gabe's laptop my daily is. driver is always on canary yeah so i don't I know how in the world you do that i don't know it it's, drives it's me awesome insane. uh but you know it's really cool because you get to find features before they're sometimes we find features before they're ever even mentioned you know uh, gpu support was obviously in canary first and now it's moving up the ladder uh but often not oftentimes sometimes um bugs will make their way to the stable channel because there's so many bits and pieces to chrome os especially when you consider managed devices which are enterprise and uh, schools and things like that they're managed by an admin console and these bugs don't surface until they're deployed into into the the wild and if an enterprise has a bug in the stable channel, they need it fixed quick. Or if a school with 10,000 Chromebooks has a bug and now all of a sudden none of their devices will connect to Wi-Fi, they need to fix quick. They can't wait two or three weeks for an for incre- update. incremental update to Chrome OS. So they've created this quick fix channel that lives in between stable and beta. And it's specifically for the purpose of rolling out fixes, critical fixes, uh, for enterprise only, which enterprise would include businesses, G Suite accounts, and education. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something the admin, the administrator would have to have to initiate in the admin console, and then if there's an update that's needed, they'll push it to that channel. And then okay, so 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 it's it's out there right now. So folks that are listening, no, can, can it is turn not. This on? It okay. is not. Uh, we're we're keeping an eye for it. We have we we have a G Suite account, and we have the admin console. We'll be keeping an eye out for it. But uh, we'll have to when it is there, we'll have to enable it. And then if mm-hmm. there's a bug on managed devices or whatever, they'll push out a fix for it. But uh, this, as far as consumers are concerned, this is nothing you'll ever see, and it's not even something that you can access unless you have an enterprise level G Suite account. So. Yeah, but for for the folks out there that might be listening who are IT at schools mm-hmm. or you it's know, a big deal and, and I made that IT point in my article if you if you own a multi-million dollar company and you have a fleet of devices that handle your infrastructure and they're down for five hours imagine the revenue impact that could have I yeah mean, that's it would, I mean, wow be, yeah be, that's a big deal it'd be like our website being down for a couple of days you know we'd yeah. go insane Okay, so another update uh, or change coming to Chrome OS is in the system settings. And Robbie, you you wrote about this. Yeah, it was a a super small change that's coming, but it turned out to be something that actually felt like a a significant change in like workflow. And I think for whatever reason, uh, once I noticed this was a a change and it's in the developer channel right now, uh, I was doing something where I was in the settings quite a bit uh, for a few minutes. And I just, I don't, play around in the settings menu that often so it, I, it, it wouldn't have normally been that big of a deal but because I was having to get in there it I noticed it and I noticed how much of an impact it had on just dealing with the settings in general and I I hadn't really thought about the fact that the way that they do settings since they went over to like material design one on on the system settings for Chromebooks there's this flyout menu on the left so the the settings basically is one big long page just kind of like it is an Android where everything's all stacked and so sometimes it's hard to find stuff where you hit the menu button up in the top the flyout menu comes you choose the thing it goes away takes you to the spot in the page and you do whatever you got to do but what they're changing in the developer channel is it's super simple they got rid of the flyout menu and over just kind of in the sidebar area all those things that were in the flyout menu are just persistently there all the time and you click just kind of penned yeah Yeah. and so you click the thing and it just kind of rolls you to that that space in the settings and it's just so much better. Uh, it's one of those little tweaks that when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that that's what they're doing now. Okay, the flyout menu doesn't appear until you really decrease the size of the window, like really, really small. Like mobile um, size or something. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then the, obviously the mobile menu shows up. It's acting like a web page? Yeah. What? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's, it, again, like, there's not much to say about it other than the fact yeah. that it just cleans up the workflow when you're having to move around your settings for a few more minutes. It is one of those little bitty tweaks that makes a, a big difference. Wasn't it blue before? Are you? What are you in over there? Canary? I don't I'm in Canary. What <laughs> channel yeah. do you think I'm in? That might be. So They might be working on some like material so my, design, So too. mine's like this really nice 
nice off white. It's got a little bit of a blue hue. The blue was great, but it's kind of cool to it's have. Dated. Yeah, yeah, it's dated. It yeah, has. Yeah. It, it's a nice change. I yeah, like the it. the old settings, the blue big blue bar at the top, the way that looks is Material Design like yeah. 1.0 when they first debuted Material Design. You notice everything Google's kind of going to this all white. You know that kind of clean modern um, look. What yeah. we're looking at actually, Gabe opened up his settings in Canary, and it's all white up top now. And or I broke something, which yeah, uh, who knows? It's, it's, one, it's one or the other. So there's a couple other little cool tricks that I want to talk about. Uh, one, and and like the systems thing, this isn't like a huge deal, but man, it just it's nice things that that Chrome keeps adding. One is the hover tab. Yeah, so just when you hover over that, tab, like boom. earlier today, uh, that article will be up on the the site in the next day or two. But um, it's uh, again super simple. There's there's always been something that appears whenever you hover a tab. Like it was a uh, it should black, just metadata, slightly like opaque that. box. Yeah, and it would show basically what is technically referred to as the doc title of a website, um, and that's fine. I don't know that that was particularly helpful ever. Um, it, it's there, I guess. Um, and it didn't really help. Like if you had, imagine having 15 tabs open, the tabs get kind of small, you know, um, it helped there a little bit. If you hovered, you at least see, see, what, see what the site, site is. Yeah. yeah but, but depending on what page you're looking at on a website, the doc titles can get a little bit messy and, and yeah. so it, or there's I don't no know. doc title and it's just yeah. the URL. It was and, just one of those things. It was like, uh, that's a thing Chrome does. And okay. Like we're just kind of used to it. Yeah. Well, now they're doing these hover cards. Um, and we saw a little bit of this peak out. I don't know. It was like a couple months ago. Yeah, they it was talking XDA about, or Android Police. Yeah, yeah. Said, hey, look, you know, when you hover these things, now you're going to get, it's just an updated version. It was the same thing. Site title and the doc title was there. But instead of it being this weird black square box, it was, you know, rounded corners, white material design looking. It fit with the rest of the browser. I honestly, I saw it and I was just like, you know, good. That's cool. like them changing the color of the title bar or something. Right. Like, yeah, okay. That's that's neat. Well, we come across uh, an article today from How to Geek, um, and I think in Chrome, I bet you it's in Chrome seventy five would be my guess on desktop. Uh, we don't yeah. have a Windows machine handy. They're talking about the hover cards and how just it's awesome. And uh, I'm looking at it and I'm seeing what they've added now is a it's like a snapshot of the website basically as you left it. And so if you just hover over the tab, any of your open tabs. All of a sudden, you see uh, uh, this this little bitty like thumbnail version of it uh, of the site that is actually under that tab. And so, if you only have like three tabs open, I don't know that this is crazy beneficial. But if you had about fifteen or twenty tabs open, when those tabs get small, or you have multiple instances of the same site, which right. we have a lot, like as we're writing articles, I might open up two or three things of Chrome Unbox because I'm looking in one, I'm, I'm checking this and this other one, I'm dealing with some media and this other one, I'm, uh, I ran a search on our site to look for any other articles, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm looking up there at my tabs like, oh God, which one's which? And I'm switching through with you know, three finger swipe trying to figure out which one was which. Well, now I can just, just kind of hover over the tab and I see a little snapshot of it and it's like a quick visual reminder like, ah, that tab is that. And for me, like even from not even just Chrome Unbox, but web development stuff, like that's going to be a huge, huge productivity boost because I don't have to guess and swipe through tabs all the time to right. get back and forth and figure out like, crap, where did I put that one tab? A quick hover, I'm going to be able to see which one it is and click right into right. it. I, I you, just love yeah, this You change. said it, it's in beta or? Uh, it's in beta yeah, right now. So, so if, we, if you want to try it out and you are in beta, we're not telling you to change channels. <laughs> just if you're in beta, go to Chrome colon forward slash forward slash flags, flags and search yep. for hover there should be two, two flags of yep. one of them's hover tabs one of them's hover tab images there's some stuff in the images that gives you a couple different options we haven't seen a difference there's like a b a c yeah, enabled a, enabled a enabled just b. put it on enabled or and, b and c yeah. yeah you'll see the effects it's pretty neat yeah so yeah. for those for those that are listening that may not know how do you change your channel can't tell you that we, is, we, get, you, we get yelled at when is, we now so if you do uh i won't tell you how to go to canary if you want to find that there's a there's an old article out there that shows you how to do it because it does require developer mode mm -hmm. and just don't do it there yeah. we'll just put it that don't do it uh beta and dev aren't hard you do want to make sure you create a recovery image uh, mm -hmm. if you go to our site and search restore you'll find an article yeah. on how to do that but just go to about Chrome OS and then go to detailed build information and about Chrome OS is in the settings menu that Robbie mm -hmm. was just talking about and just click change channel and you can pick yeah. stable or dev or beta and whatever. Just be forewarned if you go to beta or dev, 
you're fine. But once you decide to come back, it will power wash your device. Right. So you'll want to make sure all your local files files are saved, uploaded, whatever you need right. to do. Yeah. Okay. So you can you can go forward. Um, yeah, with zero consequence. I mean, literally, it'll up up grab the update, and you click restart, and you know Chrome OS reboots in about ten seconds, and then you're in it. Like it's it's that simple. But if no, something like, breaks, just email help at chromeunbox.com. <laughs> Say the thing. Uh, sure, I, I think I think that it's might a catch. Work. There's a catch-all. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, just email us. It's fine. Okay, moving on real quick, guys. Let's talk. Uh, last kind of little fun thing here is virtual desks. Is that is that the official name? Virtual, yeah, virtual desks. Desk and they're is, official. Boom. They they set them at Google I/O. They did say um, they're aiming for Chrome OS 76. Mm-hmm. We saw in the bug tracker that they've been so graciously showing us every little minute details as they develop this whole thing. Uh, it, it did say that they they have now targeted it. It will hit uh, in M76, which will be, so once 76 is the stable version, so right. like late so July. We're, we're days away from 75, 75 so you're yeah, looking so six, six to weeks. eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think they're right now, if you look at the scheduler, they're looking at late July, like yeah. the very But seeing last that I'm on 77, <laughs> I have it, and we've played with it. It works. It's yep. great. You can drag and drop stuff into the desks. Uh, Alt what Alt Tab Alt Tab will yeah, still switch between, between stuff. desktops. Um, the only the only thing that's missing in my mind, and somebody brought it up in the bug tracker already. Um, I threw my two cents in there as well. Is that there's no gesture Gestures, or yeah. quick shortcut to just jump between oh. desks right now. So now if I'm going to go to my second desktop, it's a three finger swipe. And I got to go click that. And I know that sounds super petty and super first world problems, but when you're talking about virtual desk kind of supplanting the need for a second monitor, you need a quick way to swipe and move back and forth between the two. Not to even mention the fact that people coming to Chrome OS are probably coming from Mac OS or Windows, and both of them do it with a four-finger swipe left and right to move between your open desktops. Right, and that's what the Alt-Tab is doing, essentially. They just need to connect that to... Well, the way Alt-Tab is working right now with it is, so say I have three applications open in one desktop, and then I have two applications open in another desktop. If I Alt-Tab to an application that's in the second desktop, it'll automatically jump me to that desktop, right. which, yeah. is, which is fine. But in my head, like the way that I set up second and third monitors is I'll have my workspace going and then my second monitor a lot of times will hold the music player and messaging apps and that kind of stuff. I don't want to alt tab to that. I just want to look over and deal with that and look back. And so to replicate that kind of feel that you would have with a secondary monitor, I need to be able to quickly swipe and see that thing swipe into place. They've already got all that animation. It's all there. They just need a, a shortcut to a command get to do you yeah. into that place so that I can swipe that into view, look, and swipe it right back out of view. All right, guys. So last but not least, let's talk about um, some of the changes and updates coming in Linux on Chromebooks. And, and Gabe, there's some new devices that are going to be getting Linux through yeah, Crostini. Yeah, so actually old new devices. Um, when, all, when the Crostini project was made officially official there was a there's a list of devices that lives in the chromium project that's they're never going to be supported um for for whatever reason if it's a certain kernel or older they won't be supported if they don't support virtualization they won't get that but there there's a gray area there for devices that have the capability but they don't have a new enough linux kernel to run it and it now looks like they're working on a project called kernel next which is going to update the kernel uh, and they're older devices so it may not seem like a big deal but they're really notable devices number one is the uh, chromebook the pixel chromebook 2015 so it's got an end of life of about a year and a year from now but it's a really pricey really powerful really nice chromebook and then you've got the there, there might be some folks out there that yeah, still have that people still, still using it. turning away on that bad boy absolutely yeah. Um, the Toshiba Chromebook 2, which was, I mean, it's still to this Fan day. Favorite. Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> People has love a Toshibas. cult following the screen. Just, I mean, it, it's a great device. And then you've got like the Acer Chrome Base 24, which it's pretty old, but it's a desktop device. It's an all-in-one, and it's the... It's the perfect device you would think of when you're thinking, I want to, you know, dig in and do some development work, and I want to be able to use Linux apps. Right, because that's what it is. It's, it yeah. is a desktop, it and is only a, a desktop. You don't have to yeah. tablet mode going on. You're not putting on. it in your bag, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, but, yeah, so it, this just rolled out this week. It's, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, there, you 
I'm not sure when it's going to happen, if it's going to happen. Like I said, it's a project in the works. And uh, But these are devices that are in the gray area. Oddly enough, Skylake devices still haven't gotten it. And not sure if they're going to. There's still a little bit of activity on the thread about the Samsung Chromebook Pro, Asus C302, uh, HP 13, G1. But it's not looking good, folks. Uh, I hate to say that because so many people went out and bought the Samsung when it came out. We've still got Gosh, one floating around somewhere. The C302. But yeah. I mean, they came so out. So many people love that device. Two and a half years ago. And they were just, they, they honestly, they set the stage for where we're at right now with Chrome yeah, OS convertibles and, and high res displays right. and all that. And it, they're just, they're either not getting the love or there's some serious there's hang up there. There's got to be, just, there's got to be something. Yeah. Uh, it has so. to be some technical reason why well, it's and it's not like, working. And it's like, we don't want them, we, we, we don't want those devices to get, get Linux and it be a really bad experience. Right. So it's like, right. you know, there's something there. Something, something's wrong. Cause they're, they are new enough that, cause I mean, those devices are only a couple of years old. There's new, they're new enough that if they're, there's a way for them to get Linux, they should. But if you're, if you're an owner of one of those, Sorry to tell you, it might be a while, if ever. Yeah, and I mean, too, like I know Intel, going from Broadwell to Skylake was a pretty big change Huge. for them. Um, and it feels like that 6th gen was the first Skylake chip that it had all sorts of issues. Yeah. Um, they, and they worked those things out. Like KB Lake feels like what Skylake should have been. Right, because um, uh, we've said this before, it's the same architecture, but it feels like Skylake was just an experiment and then KB Lake evolved from that. Right. You know? And, you know, so I think there, there's got to be something in the, uh, the physical architecture of the chips or something. I, I, they're clearly not divulging that to anybody, but there, there's something wrong. There's no reason they would have just left these devices out. They're too, too notable devices, especially if we're even talking about getting some of these Broadwell devices oh, yeah, uh, in the absolutely. fold. So, um, yeah, and then one of the other things that's uh, kind of really cool, so less of a less of a bummer than the last part there, um, is that GPU support finally is rolling out on uh, Chromebooks with Linux apps. And so we saw this, gosh, it was probably Canary a little mm -hmm. while back, yes. and turned it on, and you had to go through some command prompts. And I remember working through it, and finally I felt like I had it turned on, I ran a couple tests, and then opened up a game, and it felt like it didn't do anything. It's still, I mean, when I say choppy, I mean, like, unplayable. Like, yeah. you see each frame loading, like, one frame, two frames per second. Like, just Yeah, not these even. aren't, like, AAA games either. These are just, no, these like, are like source, source games, games and like stuff. Like, Quake that, 3. That we used to run on, like, Celeron Chromebooks via Crouton three years ago. Yeah, yeah, and to be fair, yeah, these have run perfectly smoothly. Great playability on... A Chromebook right now, if you put Crouton on there, for instance, so the the, uh, the old version of the way to run Linux apps. So it's not like we were trying to do something that was crazy or uh, out of control ridiculous. It, it was this just didn't work at all. And uh, the latest update, uh, well, second to latest update on the dev channel allowed this. It's under a flag now, so no extra coding. You just go in your flags, Chrome uh, colon forward slash forward slash flags and find GPU, you know, search GPU, find it, click it, enable it, restart, and then open your terminal up, start your game. And it was such a notable difference. Like you can, you can go on the website and there's an article uh, just in the past week I put up there. I did a really quick video. It's super uh, lame. I did it with my phone just because I needed to put it up on the website real quick. But you can see the side-by-side -side really quickly of, you know, there's one or two frames per second to... I would bet 40 to 50 frames yeah. per second in a little game called Open Arena. Uh, it's it's built off the Quake engine, uh, Quake 3 engine, I think. Uh, but just un completely unplayable to, yeah, completely playable. There's some issues still with, you know, containing the mouse into the window. So if, you, if you're, you know, moving the mouse over left and right to look, eventually it leaves the window and gets over to the side. And so you lose the ability to look. That stuff's got to get sorted out just for gaming in general. But when we're talking just about GPU support, it's not just for games. It's for stuff like video editors video and photo editors, editors and yeah. audio and uh, like well, not necessarily audio as much. But, you know, all these things that you want to maybe be able to do down the road with the Linux app that GPU support will will impact. Uh, it's it's there and it makes a massive difference on these devices. However, um, with the uh, 
latest version of the dev channel. So I did this, I tested it, I saw it, and then a dev update popped up. And I was like, oh, sure, why wouldn't I take an update? Took the update, went Whoops. back to test something. Whoopsie. Totally borked uh, Linux apps. So they'll they'll run like once, basically, if you go and take them off and then reinstall the container. Um, you can get one thing running, but the first thing after that, nothing else. It won't even start to run. It's not like it runs and throws an error. It won't even start. If you go into your files, it gives you a file error. It's it's clearly broken. Uh, we wrote a piece about that as well, just kind of warning people. If you're in dev and you're messing with this stuff, like it's not just you. You didn't do something wrong. You didn't bork your container. Like it's broken. We tried it on lots of things, multiple times. It it is definitely broken. But that's life in the dev channel. That will get it fixed. It's not the last thing that's or first thing's been broken. Fine in Canary. I would like <laughs> yeah, to I was gonna say <laughs> just it, fine. It'll come down. I'm sure they will address it pretty yeah. soon because developer channel obviously is for people that are developing and they they're gonna want their Linux apps to be working. So whatever it is they messed up, it'll it'll come back and hopefully as it comes back, we'll see this stuff rolling down to the beta and then stable channels and because uh, devs on 76. So mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff coming in Chrome 76. Yeah, if they get that mouse sure. binding issue under, under yeah, you're control. gaming. I mean, I'm, yep. I'm at least, steaming at least, all day. Yeah, your basic, your basic Steam games. Like, mm-hmm. no, again, you're not going to run AAA modern games with, you know, a, a built-in GPU that's in these Chromebooks. But some yeah. of your source games yeah. and some of the simpler stuff runs real well. Yeah. So it's it's worth checking out and doing. It just we got to wait for it to get all all fixed up and tidied up. Yeah, so lots of cool stuff, guys. Uh, make sure to stay tuned to chromeunboxed.com. That's where you're going to find articles and links and, and all kinds of fun stuff, uh, everything that we've talked about today. If you want to check out specifically show notes for the podcast, make sure to go to chromeunboxed.com forward slash podcast or just click the podcast when you when you load up the site. Um, also, make sure to follow us on uh, social media and on YouTube. We just put out an awesome video on YouTube comparing the uh, HP X360 and the Asus Chromebook Flip C434. Man, those are... So, Don't you love Chromebook a, model love, names? Awesome. It's like I got a like other than focus. made by Google Chromebooks, like Whew. they're terrible. They're just yeah, terrible. So we uh, <laughs> we we did a comparison of those two devices, and it's a good one. It's a good one. Go check it out on the YouTube channel, um, and then obviously Facebook, Twitter at Chrome Unbox. So guys, thanks so much for listening, and uh, until next week, we'll see you. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com, and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.